And welcome back. It's Mile High Magazine for another Sunday, and I am Murphy Houston. Joining me today is Dr. Peter Buttrick uh, with the American Heart Association, really head of cardiology at the University of Colorado School of Medicine, Anschutz Medical Center. And Dr. Uh, Dr. Buttrick, can I call you Peter? Is that okay? That's great. Okay. Well, Peter, uh, it's, it is uh, American Heart Month, and uh, in February typically is American Heart Month. Why is that important? Why do we need to have a month talking about the heart? Can you open up that a little bit for us? Oh, sure. Um, I think uh, it's um, well known that heart disease is the number one uh, killer in the United States. Um, it's a major public health issue, probably the major public health issue, uh, absent recent COVID events. Uh, And uh, the thing that's important about heart disease um, is that uh, it is, to some degree, manageable. Uh, People need to be aware of things that they can do, reminded of things that they can do to um, uh, mitigate heart disease. And that just requires reminding um, and encouraging people to um, uh, proceed with a healthy, healthy life habits, which really does make a difference. You know, I think you bring up a, a good point there, doctor. I don't think a lot of people do know that heart disease is the number one killer of people in America. I think they always relate to some type of a cancer, don't they? Yeah, it's it's certainly, um, I think, popular that uh, cancer is, um, (laughs) cancer certainly is an important cause of death, but heart disease has been number one for the past uh, 40 years. Well, and, and there's difference between men and women. I did read that recently. Is that true? The symptoms for heart heart attacks, heart heart problems? Yeah, it's, it probably is true. Women um, perceive pain slightly differently than men, and um, that, that's been a, a source of concern for some time in the cardiovascular community. Uh, and it is also true that uh, heart disease is the leading cause of death in women. So for women to be aware that this is a major health issue is an important piece of public relations. Uh, women uh, tend to, again, perceive pain slightly different, uh, differently than men. Um, and uh, women, I, I don't want to be overtly um, sexist, but I think women tend to sometimes ignore pain, um, which uh, is not good if the pain is coming from the heart. Well, I think because women are tougher, Doc, let's face it. <laughs> That's that may well be true well you know they're, they're moms they have jobs they're running the house and and men and a lot of guys i know are you know not as not as strong-willed as women so they kind of women do ignore pain more and that's not a good thing is it yeah uh, if it's heart pain it's not a good thing so what are some of the symptoms women should be aware of then uh, well i think to some degree they're um they're not that different from men uh, but uh pressure in the chest squeezing um fullness, um, uh, pain of that sort, uh, pain that is, or on discomfort that's provoked by exercise, uh, relieved uh, by rest. But I think the general issue is that one should be um, alert to any new pain that occurs between the jaw and the diaphragm um, that you haven't had before, that, that waxes and wanes, comes and goes. Uh, that certainly is a potential sign of uh, uh incipient cardiac disease and of course pain that persists associated with um, little difficulty breathing sometimes with um, breaking out in a cold sweat or feeling sick to your stomach those are all signs they're um, they're all somewhat nonspecific but if it's new and um, uh, and significant it's certainly a reason to seek attention and how different is that it from men because I think some of those symptoms are very similar yeah, there's significant overlap. Um, 
but I think, um, uh, you know, women, I think, tend maybe to have uh, pain that's a little bit more atypical. Maybe it's in the shoulder, maybe it's in the back, or maybe it's in the arm. Uh, and for men, maybe slightly more likely to be pressure in the middle of the chest. Um, and again, I think uh, the perception of pain is probably somewhat different in, in men and women. Um, and uh, I think it's just important as we enter heart month um, uh, to ratchet up just awareness that heart disease really is the leading cause of death in women in the United States. So, and there's no age limit to that. Does it seem to be with women that are above 50 or can going to be above 20? What, is there such a thing as an yeah. age preference there for that? Uh, yeah, heart disease does present slightly later in women. So if heart disease is very common in men in their 50s to 60s, maybe women, it's a few years later. Um, but the disease is real and it's manifest in both genders. So you would recommend, I would hope that most men and women alike would get some kind of a yearly physical. Don't most doctors start checking like with EKGs in the office and things like that, looking for some kind of a symptom? Or is the heart so funny that you could be in your doctor's office, oh, everything is fine, and then two days later you're having symptoms? Yeah, unfortunately, the latter is the case. Um, heart disease doesn't follow a strict um, timeline, strict presentation. Um, and oftentimes, a lot of the screening tests that we do um, are um, not um, as, as useful as we would like. But what we do know is there are certainly risk factors that predict a high likelihood that people will develop heart disease. And it's very, very important to be attentive uh, to those risk factors. Um, and we can predict with some, some accuracy who will develop heart disease over the next year based on blood pressure, based on age, uh, based on cholesterol levels, um, and a variety of other factors. So identifying those factors and trying to manage them is really, really important. Well, that is for sure. And if you get those symptoms, and I have to tell you, I think I've done this as well, maybe a little pain or some of the symptoms you're talking about, and it goes away, you go, oh, I'm fine, must have been gas or some stupid thing like Mm -hmm. that. What would you recommend? Immediately get checked, not to wait for it to happen again? Uh, I would, I would uh, certainly suggest that you talk to a healthcare provider about the symptom so that he or she can make an independent assessment of just how, how serious the complaint is. Um, some complaints really are not heart disease and don't sound like heart disease, and we don't have to get too excited about them. But other uh, symptoms really do mandate uh, more comprehensive evaluation. So talk to somebody. Yeah, I'm, I agree. That's what my doc says, too. And he's pretty thorough with the checkup because I'm a kind of an older guy now, but uh, he is very thorough. <laughs> uh, we're talking with uh, Dr. Peter Buttrick uh, with the American Heart Association. He's a board member and head of cardiology at the University of Colorado School of Medicine, Anschutz Medical Campus. I've often wondered, though, Doc, what's the difference between cardiac arrest and a heart attack? Are they the same? Are they different? Uh, there's overlap. Heart attacks can cause cardiac arrest, um, but uh, heart attacks have um, a variety of different manifestations and a variety of different natural histories. Um, a cardiac arrest is a very serious event where you um, uh, actually uh, pass out. Your heart uh, develops an electrical problem and requires an acute um, intervention. Heart attacks, about 20% of heart attacks actually are clinically silent. We don't know about them until well after the fact. And most heart attacks can be managed very effectively 
uh, in a hospital setting with um, perhaps coronary revascularization or other um, strategies. A cardiac arrest requires an acute, um, very dramatic intervention. That's people pounding on your chest, uh, using defibrillators and so forth. Yeah, that's pretty dramatic for sure. I didn't realize yeah, there was that yeah. kind of that much difference. So you know, yeah. get it checked out. And we've been hearing a lot lately. Of course, I'm sure you've dealt with this for the last year that COVID people are having heart problems. What's going on with that? Yeah, these are the COVID. I think they're they're two um, important things uh, to talk about. Um, the the first is um, I think a public health issue, and we this has been described both in Colorado and also nationally that especially during the first peak of uh, COVID in the, in the spring, a lot of people were very um, concerned about seeking medical attention and hospitalizations for acute heart disease actually went down. Um, and I think it wasn't because heart disease went on vacation. Um, it, was, it was because people were just scared. And what we discovered is that a lot of people were showing up in hospitals uh, several weeks after the fact with very significant long-term sequelae of heart disease that essentially had been neglected. So I think the first message is um, if you have symptoms, even despite uh, the presence of COVID in the community, make sure to seek attention. Um, That's just a very important message. Colorado did much better in the second spike that we've just come through, but the issue still persisted. The the second thing to say is that COVID does affect the heart. Uh, And we're learning more and more about this. But if you look at hospitalized patients with COVID, about between 25 and 35 percent of people have evidence of acute heart damage. Wow. Mostly this is inflammation of the heart, um, which causes um, reduction in overall cardiac function. Uh, That's a very significant development and really requires careful monitoring. And if we look at people who die from COVID at autopsy studies, an even higher percentage of people um, have evidence of of cardiac involvement. So COVID is not just a disease of the lungs. It's also a disease. um, It's also a disease of the heart. A third thing, and I only mentioned two, but a third thing that's important to talk about, and this is something we're only just learning about now, is that COVID does seem to have some long-term cardiac effects. And then the nature of this is still a, a work in progress because the disease has only been with us for for a year. But there is evidence that um, that inflammation of the heart, which is seen acutely, uh, can persist in some people. And we don't know exactly how many, but it seems to be not insignificant. And recognizing that and managing that um, long term is uh, a topic of very intense um, research and evaluation at the moment. Wow. Had no idea. I, yeah, I've heard stories about the after effect with the heart because of yeah. COVID, but that sounds really serious. What do you do about that? Are there meds you take or exercise or what do you do once you get that problem? Yeah, we, I, I wish I could give you a very, a very clear answer, but um, uh, recognizing that the inflammation is there is certainly um, the first step. And there are things that we can do, medications we can use, uh, therapies that we can initiate. Um, and also, I think uh, helping people understand that the fatigue that they're having um, has a biological basis and that it can be managed is, is important. And again, we don't understand the magnitude of this um, of this problem yet, but we do understand that it's a real problem.
Boy, it sure is. You got your hands full of that. Well, February is American <laughs> Heart Month, and uh, I was reading some of the information sent to me that what is Don't Die of Doubt, kind of an awareness campaign of some kind? Yeah, I, I think um, I, I sort of touched upon this, and it speaks to the fact that um, during um, the you know the public health uh, crisis that we're in the midst of, a lot of people are choosing not to go to their doctors, not to go to emergency rooms um, because of concern about COVID. Um, uh, and in fact, they're neglecting their, their heart health. So I think a very important message to send to your listeners um, is that if you have a real concern that cardiac disease might be manifesting, uh, don't ignore it. Um, uh, make sure that you call it to somebody's attention. Um, because again, as I said before, Heart disease is not on vacation. Um, we are, um, it remains the number one cause of death in the United States, um, and it can't be neglected. So if you have concerns, bring them to somebody's attention. Well, you know, it's funny. Lately, I've seen a lot of TV spots with that kind of a theme. If you've got a problem and you need to get to the emergency room, don't be afraid. Get it taken care of. And you are enforcing that right now. Yeah, I think that's very good advice. Yeah, you don't want to mess with that. Anything else going on in the American Heart Month we need to be aware of? Any final words about how to keep your heart in good shape? <laughs> well, I think, you know, I, I, acknowledging that this is an odd year, I think the message about heart health um, is consistent, and, and that is um, that there we can take ownership of our health, and we can take ownership of our health by uh, making sure that we exercise, making sure that we eat right, making sure that we don't smoke, um, making sure that we manage um, risk factors that are under our control. And if we do that um, and we're aware of, um, aware of those things, we can actually um, make a big difference for our own personal heart health. But also, um, uh, you know, heart disease is cured one person at a time. And if everybody is talking to their friends about the need to exercise, the need to um, to eat appropriately, especially, especially when you're sort of in lockdown, um, that will make a, a big difference. So the, the message of Heart Month has always been um, that we can do things to prevent um, heart disease, and they're pretty simple. Um, and we shouldn't forget about them. No, and taking control of your own health, you hear that a lot lately, and it is for real, right, Doctor? It's absolutely for real. When you look at things um, that... Uh, predict heart disease about a lot of them are really under our own personal control. We don't have to eat crap. <laughs> we don't have to, um, we don't have to spend our time, you know, sitting in a chair and not exercising. Right. Uh, we can, we can take uh, ownership and we certainly don't have to smoke. Well, that um, is, and if sure. we take, if we take ownership, it really makes a difference. Well, that's a nice way to finish our little talk here. Dr. Peter Buttrick from uh, the uh, Cardiology Department, University of Colorado. Keep up the good words. You, you're very enthusiastic about it, Doc. You're very sincere about, hey, let's get this under control, right? Right. It's, it's a major health issue, and we can do something about it. We certainly can. Thank you very much for the time today. I appreciate it. My pleasure. And you guys, hang on now. It's Mile High Magazine, part of your Sunday morning, and uh, we will be right back. I'm Murphy Houston.